I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode number five. How do you know if your pelvic floor needs help? In today's episode, I want to go over a couple of reasons, or eight reasons really, that you might need some help or attention for your pelvic floor. So let's get into it. The first is you can't make it to the bathroom on time. And this could be bowel or bladder or urine or stool. So one of the functions of our pelvic floor is to create enough tension or tightness against our urethra for our bladder and our urine or at our rectum for our stool and our bowels. So if these muscles are not creating enough tension, if they're not strong enough to do this, then chances are we may not be able to get to the bathroom on time. So if this is you, your pelvic floor needs some help. Number two, if you're going to the bathroom all the time. So this is something where your bladder can pick up some bad habits along the way, whether we go just in case or jicking. Our bladder, well, I liken it to a little kid. If we let our kiddo get away with something, get away with something, get away with something, and then one day we decide, okay, that's it, and we put the law down and chances are it's not going to go over very well with that kiddo. So improving our bladder habits as well as improving our pelvic floor strength can make a huge difference. Number three, if you leak when you laugh, cough, sneeze, jump, run, do anything except sit down on the toilet to empty your bladder, your pelvic floor is not doing its job. It's failing you. If your knee gave out, every third time that you went to stand up, you would probably start to think that there was a problem, wouldn't you? You would, because it's interfering with your life. And it often confuses me why leaking, whether it's just a little bit here and there or a lot of it here and there, why women don't assume that this isn't interfering with their life, or at least they continue past it. But what I would vouch to say is that Your pelvic floor muscles, if you're leaking, at times you don't want to be leaking, then your pelvic floor is not strong enough and you would benefit from pelvic floor strengthening. Number four, if you have diastasis recti, I know that this is a popular topic and one that a lot of people are talking about. And 
while this is a pretty heavy topic that I'm happy to delve into in later episodes, for right now what I want to say is your pelvic floor is related to your diastasis because when you experience diastasis, which if you're not familiar with this, it's where your abdominal muscles have pulled away or been separated from the center piece of tissue called your linea alba. It runs from underneath your rib cage all the way down to your pubic bone. It's a very long piece. It's where these muscles have separated or pulled away. And depending on the severity of it, it can not necessarily cause you more one way or the other. It really just depends on how you're managing your strategy. Now, every person's story is a little bit different. And again, this is a much deeper topic that I am happy to go into on a later day. But what I'd like to say about this is if you're not maintaining your pressure, which is very common if you have diastasis, your pelvic floor is going to be influenced. So this is something that I would encourage you to improve your pelvic floor strength and strategy with so that you are able to utilize all these muscles the way that they were designed to. The next, number five, is are you confused where to start after having a baby, no matter how long it's been? So oftentimes I will get calls or emails or DMs by women saying, okay, it's been seven years since I had my last baby and I don't know where to start. I'm just convinced everything is not for me. It's too aggressive or it's too easy. I think that's a really great reason to have your pelvic floor assessed because if you have been, I don't want to say inactive because being a mom, you are active. You're running around, you're doing laundry, you're doing groceries, you're cleaning, all sorts of things. You are active. But determining where your threshold is, especially with the consideration that maybe your body and the strength of your body and your endurance, it might be different than had you been exercising, you know, maybe just a year ago. So having someone guide you through that process can be important, especially as it relates to your pelvic floor. The next difficulty returning to exercise. I get phone calls and emails and DMs all the time on this topic as well. Oh, I started back exercising and I just feel like everything I try is so hard or it's painful. And so I try a new workout or a new exercise and I can't seem to do anything or maybe they can't progress. This is something where there might be some quote unquote, leftover issues from pregnancy that need to be addressed, whether that's poor pelvic floor activation, meaning that those muscles, those pelvic floor muscles aren't firing or they're not turning on or activating when they're supposed to, or maybe there are some issues with your pelvis or your hips. There's a lot of things that that could play a role into that and addressing that pelvic floor strength would be very beneficial if this particular reason fits you. The next is a C-section. So if you caught my last episode where I talked about how postpartum care in the U.S. needs to step it up, you heard me say, or maybe you even know this too, that when you have a C-section, there are six layers of tissue that get cut through. And that's an issue in the sense of nobody is helping you immediately 
rehab and strengthen and ensure proper function of those muscles, just like someone with shoulder surgery or hip surgery or knee surgery or even back surgery would have after after they have cut through lesser layers of muscle and tissue. So having a C-section, there is scar tissue that can be laid down. And the best thing about scar tissue is we don't have a wound anymore. But the other component or consideration that we should have with a C-section is that scar tissue doesn't always stay local. Personally, and I see this often in my patients and coaching clients with C-sections, is that they have difficulty activating their abdominal muscles naturally, not that you're telling them what to do, but those muscles aren't responding just to basic things because of that scar tissue impeding the motion that those muscles need to undergo in order to make that contraction or activation happen. So if this is you, I would recommend having your pelvic floor assessed as well as other areas of your body, including the C-section scar and your abdominal muscles evaluated as well. And the last reason, although this podcast could go on for hours and hours and hours, but if you tore or had an episiotomy with childbirth, this is another great reason to have your pelvic floor strength improved. Because just like with the C-section, you have scar tissue that's getting laid down. And while that's a great thing, so we don't have an open wound, the issue is the scar tissue doesn't stay local and it can impede that pelvic floor from contracting or relaxing or lengthening. And a lot of times I'll see patients where that scar, especially with an episiotomy or where they tore, it's literally holding that pelvic floor in the same state that it was six to 12 weeks postpartum, that pelvic floor presents a lot like a very fresh pelvic floor, one that just gave birth to a baby. And this patient could be three years out and their pelvic floor is still presenting just as it did right after they had that baby. So having that scar addressed, having that pelvic floor strength addressed and improved can be very helpful. Now, there's lots of other reasons that you might need your pelvic floor assessed and evaluated. And if you ask me, if you had a baby, you should go in no matter what. But I also realize it's not always convenient and it's not always the right time or the right season. But if any of this struck some curiosity with you, I would definitely look into it. A few other things that I'll add without explanation, back pain, tailbone pain, hip pain, pelvis pain, abdominal pain, knee pain, foot pain, shoulder pain, neck pain. The list goes on and on and on. Constipation. These are all great reasons to have your pelvic floor looked at, especially if you've had a baby. And oftentimes, pelvic floor issues show up even without having a baby. So to wrap up today's episode, your homework is this. I want you to sign up for the secret to strengthening your pelvic floor. The details are in the show notes. And remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, 
leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.